as many institutions of higher education are struggling with the impact of the pandemic and disruption to centuries-old education models, one institution, BYU Pathway Worldwide, is growing at an extraordinary pace, reaching over 50,000 students in 150 countries. Clark Gilbert, president of BYU Pathway Worldwide, joins us to discuss how they are unlocking and unleashing human potential around the world on this episode of Therefore What? Therefore What? is a weekly podcast that breaks down the news while breaking down barriers, challenges you in the status quo, explores timely topics and timeless principles, and leaves you confident to face what's next. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor for the Deseret News, and this is... Therefore, what? We're very pleased today to be joined by Clark Gilbert, who is the president of BYU Pathway Worldwide. He brings just a, uh, a treasure trove of knowledge and insight, uh, both from academics, but also from his professional experiences uh, and has done such extraordinary work in really driving innovation and raising everyone's sight in terms of what is possible and uh, so, Clark, one, thanks for joining us today. And uh, you've crossed some really significant milestones when it comes to BYU Pathway Worldwide. Thank you so much, Boyd. It's great to be with you. And yes, it's been quite a year with everything happening in the United States and around the world. Uh, it's been amazing to still see the reach uh, of BYU Pathway continue unabetted. We crossed 50,000 students this year. I think our total enrollment was 51,500-plus uh, students, and uh, we're now operating all over the world in 150-plus countries, all you know, in Africa, but right here at home in Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow, that's extraordinary. Uh, you think of 150 countries, uh, th- there aren't a whole lot of uh, uh, educational programs that can tout that kind of reach. Uh, and so I want to go through some of the reasons why. Obviously, there's been a lot of disruption to higher education uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, but you you were well positioned and well ahead of the game in terms of being ready to maximize and, and most importantly, create opportunities for students, as you said, not only close to home, but all the way around the world. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It, it turns out that being affordable online and something you can do no matter where you live, around your work schedule turned out to be really a compelling resource to people during a pandemic. And BYU Pathway has allowed people to continue their education, even with all the commotion happening around the pandemic and uh, happening in their lives. And so uh, that's been a big part of it. BYU Pathway is very affordable, usually about the half half of the price of a community college. And uh, the students can, because it's online and they only have a gathering once a week, which is done during the pandemic, is being done via Zoom technology. Um, the students find it very flexible to their work and life situations. The other thing I'd say is that BYU Pathway really reaches out to a group of students who didn't think they could make it in higher education, didn't think it was something for them. And uh, we really show them that there's a path for them and they can be successful and they can find confidence and great results in their life uh, through the way we've designed the program. I think that's so important. I want to I dig down on that just a, a little bit because this uh, your ability to get to the non-traditional students uh, really is such an important thing. Uh, just looking at uh, even just the average age of your students, uh, that uh, you've got about 59% that would kind of be in that classic student age bracket of 18 uh, to 30. 
But you've also got over 41% of your students are over the age of 31. So you are getting those non-traditional and, as as you said, those who may not have had the confidence that they could actually go a traditional route. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when you divide it into those two segments you mentioned, the the older student tends to be people who, who are out of work or underemployed, parents who are going back to complete a degree that maybe life didn't allow them to do when they were younger. But even the younger students, the the 18 to 30, 18 even to 24 category, most of the students we served didn't think they could afford college, didn't think they'd be successful. And they come in through our program and we teach them life skills. We teach them professional skills. We teach them how to effectively study. And then they go on and they they do incredibly well. And there was always potential there. It's just helping them learn to find it and believe in themselves. And, And for us, we really, you know, believe in and teach our students that they have divine potential. We teach them how to seek heaven's help in their learning and find a deeper purpose for pursuing an education and anchoring our students on those deeper reasons for their education has really helped people who didn't think they could make it or didn't think they were quote-unquote college material realize, no, I can do this and I have potential and uh, I have to do my part, but I also can ask for heaven's help in, in this worthy and important effort in my life. Uh, I think that's so vital. And, and I think that grounding, that foundation that you're talking about, uh, you're actually seeing the the benefits and the byproduct of that just in terms of your retention rates and then those who continue on to other programs, other certifications and degree programs. Tell us a little bit more about that, because to me, that's a, a fascinating component that you're not just bringing people in and saying, hey, give this a shot. You're really providing yeah. a foundation and a support structure to give them a really great chance of success for the long haul. That's exactly right. And it, and it really starts with early on uh, teaching life skills and professional skills that you need to be successful in the program. We also have an extensive uh, mentoring program where we find students who might need extra help and we intervene and find ways to uh, help them out. Sometimes it might be that they're struggling financially. Sometimes they just need a support network. But, um, you know, our, our uh, first semester retention rate is, you know, well over 80%. And our four-year graduation rate is above the national average even though our risk profile looks much more like traditional community colleges. And, and again, some of that's because of the mentoring program we've built. Some of that's because of the fact that we teach life skills and study skills up front so the students can be successful. And then some of that's just the students really do learn that they have more uh, potential beyond what they might have thought possible. Yeah, and I think that's so important. So many uh, people who have tried different uh, higher education paths, many of them have not ever been given the opportunity to learn how to learn and that love of learning. And it seems to me that that yeah. is part of that foundation you're creating for them. Yeah, and, you know, we one of the things we do, we teach life skills and professional skills up front. And then the very next thing the students do is they earn a job skill certificate. And, Boyd, one of the things that we see happen you have so many people who are worried about first-generation college student, students and low-income students, but then we put them in, in almost every university in the country, we put them into traditional general education programs, which seem 
uh, irrelevant to their long-term learning. They're complicated. They don't have social context for them. And most first-generation and low-income students give up during the first year of college because they're stuck in general education courses. At BYU Pathway, we start them right into the Certificate First program. They earn a job skill. They have their employment improved. And when they do this, suddenly they realize, I get how this works. You know, as you get more education, you're more valuable in the market. And if you're a first-generation college student, you don't know that. And your whole first year is spent on general education. You just can't make that connection. But for the BYU Pathway students, because every degree starts with a certificate, and we do that before general education courses, uh, we just see much higher completion rates. Our first-year persistence to the degree is about 66%. But once a student completes a certificate, that persistence rate jumps to over 85%. And that's why our six-year graduation rate is so much higher than the national average, uh, despite most of our students being first-generation and low-income students. Yeah, I, you know, I think you've tapped into such a, a vital component there. Uh, I always say that we we tend to run out of energy before we run out of opportunity, and nowhere is that more prevalent, I think, than someone who is pursuing higher education. Yeah, and and we try to accelerate opportunity right into that first year with a certificate, yeah. rather than waiting till your junior and senior year when you earn those job skills. Yeah, so, so important. I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously with the, the pandemic and a host of other things going on, one of the challenges in higher education that I've heard from other uh, more traditional institutions around the world uh, is just the, uh, the taxing of mental health and the challenge, particularly for the, the younger students, but also those non-traditional students who may be balancing a, a family and a career and, and other things. What have you been able to see uh, from your perspective in terms of mental health, and how are you trying to help uh, encourage that good, positive mental health in, in your students? Thank you. Yes, it's a, it's a huge issue. It's been amplified by the pandemic. You know, one of the things that really is critical for us is the BYU Pathway Program is an online program, but students work in cohorts, and they progress through the program in a cohort. You know other people. You're with them. They're helping support you, and you are helping support them. This has a big impact, not only in providing support and resources, but it also makes people feel much more comfortable and safe that can help with things like anxiety and depression. You know, these issues don't go away, but Having a support structure around you can help. And also for us, having early wins, you know, where you complete Pathway Connect, then you complete a certificate. You don't feel like this milestone so far out there. But by having early wins up front, you can build confidence and that can help you manage through some of these mental health challenges. Clark, you've spent so much of your life and career uh, focused on innovation. You've uh, obviously a, a student and a master of disruptive innovation, not just in education, but in other places, in, including news and media. Uh, as you've gone through this, and obviously we've had real disruption going on in terms of the pandemic, what have you learned uh, in this process that has uh, either augmented or changed or given you a new perspective in terms of the discipline of disruptive innovation? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, one sign that a market is poised to be disrupted is when new innovations don't yield more consumption. You know, you, you can add 
fancier dorm rooms and more PhDs to an academic program, and people don't really consume more of it. Uh, you can add more journalistic training and style guide training, but people aren't consuming it. And that, that creates a, a circumstance that we call uh, being overshot, where a market's providing more than the core of what people need. And the essence of what people need is not well provided for, or it's way too expensive. And when you look to innovate, uh, Clay Christensen, who I studied with at the Harvard Business School, used to always say, it's easy to innovate up. It's very hard to innovate down. And what he meant by that is, you know, people are good at making things more and more complex, but making them more simple and more affordable, that's really hard. And, and it's hard because it's not hard, you know, empirically or mathematically. It's, it's hard because we build cultural systems around making things move up and up. And we view that as improved performance. A lot of times the market just doesn't see it. And so, you know, what, what, you know, think about your cell phone. Do you really need a $900 or $1,000 cell phone? Or if it did four or five things for you really well, would you be just as happy if it only did those things, but you only had to pay $100 for it? Yeah. And, and that's what we see happening in higher education right now, which is, you know, more and more things are being added that, that really aren't valued by students and their families. And the number of institutions that provide something that's affordable, focused on the student, really uh, emphasizes education and learning as the primary area for innovation. Those are just really hard to fund. And, you know, I, I, there was a, I won't mention him by name, but a, a university president once said, I'm so committed to, afford, you know, lowering the price of higher education. So we're going to raise a billion-dollar endowment to lower the price. Well, he was right that he was lowering the price, but he wasn't actually changing the cost structure. And what we find today is there's very few people who are willing to innovate on the cost structure and keep the value proposition high on the things that students and their parents really want. But that's just become a real problem in higher education. There's no category where... The share of GDP is growing faster than higher education. Healthcare is maybe the one that's closest. Uh, student education debt is crossed $1.4 trillion. I mean, it's, it's the largest growing debt category in America. It's past consumer debt, you know, and, and yet, you know, why is it growing? Why is the cost structure growing so much faster than inflation? It's because a lot of the new spending is going into things that students don't really value. And we, we've we lost track of serving the needs of parents and, and the students at the core essence of what higher education is supposed to do. Yeah, and getting to that essence is, is such a critical part of that uh, equation uh, that uh, it, it really is true that uh, simplicity is powerful and complexity is dangerous, uh, especially when it comes to some of those those cost structures. Uh, I want to I want to shift gears for a second now, and and as you've developed this organization, and there is an organization around it and underneath it uh, that really gives it life and gives it a purpose. Uh, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what I know you're most passionate about in all of this. As 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 fun as it is for a a, a former Harvard guy and a someone who has trained under Clayton Christensen 
uh, to play with all of the the systems and structures and, and business disruption of it. Uh, I know that the most the thing that you're most passionate about is the people, the students that you're actually serving. Share a couple of uh, insights of what you have learned from the students uh, at BYU Pathway. You know, they're just amazing. You know, sometimes I look at what we ask them to do, and I and even I have my doubts. Where I'm like, can they really do this? This is really hard. And um, and they have so many outside responsibilities and challenges they work through. And you know, I had a, you know someone asked me once, do you really understand what you're asking of these students? And you know, I became really emotional, and I just said, yeah, I do. And I've sat with them, and I, and from. West Africa to the Caribbean to, you know, West Valley, Salt Lake, uh, they sacrifice so much. And, and I see miracles in their lives. I see them growing in their capabilities. I see them finding success, completing the program, getting a certificate, going on to their degree and getting better jobs. I see them growing as people and serving in our church and serving uh, other people in their family. And it's just miraculous. And I, I think above all, I've really become convinced of the human potential that lies in all of us. I, I, there's divine potential in everyone. And sometimes social structures and poverty and family cycles and traditions keep, keep students from seeing that. But it's always there. And one of our jobs at BYU Pathway is to help unlock that divine potential that, that is really innate in so many people. And I've just, I've really, above everything else, I've become convinced that there's so much human capacity. And uh, our job is to give them the resources to do it, to tap into heaven's help, to find that, that power within them, and then let them realize their potential. Uh, that's uh, fantastic. And again, with more than 50,000 uh, students served in 2020, an amazing milestone. And uh, But I know with uh, your leadership and the, the great team you've got around us in uh, executing there that the the best is yet to come and the division's much beyond the 50,000. And uh, we look forward to hearing that part of it. Therefore, what? We've come to the the, the point of the program, it, it is therefore what, and so I get to ask you the therefore what question. Uh, as people have been listening to this and some people really getting a, a better understanding of BYU Pathway Worldwide, maybe even for the first time, uh, what's the therefore what uh, for you? What do you hope people will think differently? What do you hope they'll do differently as a result of uh, listening to the podcast today? You know, I think if there are people who are listening who either themselves or people in their family or friendship circle who know individuals who have wanted to finish their education, wanted to earn that degree, but just didn't think it was possible. I, I hope they'll feel the power of what's happening with BYU Pathway and send them to byupathway.org and let them learn about the program, share that with other people, because there's so many people who think, I can't do this, or I've got a sister or a brother or a daughter or a son, and, and they're just stuck. And, you know, the story of BYU Pathway is come and see what we can do for you and turn on that capacity. We'll give you the skills and the framework to do it, but you can do it. And 
you know, I, I, the biggest, you know, therefore what is, well, come and be part of this. Mm-hmm. Come to BYUPathway.org, learn about it. And whether it's for you or someone you know, I mean, increasingly, everywhere I go, people are like, oh, we love this program. My daughter's in it. My grandson's in it. My neighbor's in it. You know, and, and you know, with 50,000 students, that's just happening at increasing rates. And, you know, there's so many people who thought they couldn't do this. They couldn't pursue their education any further. And that's just not true. That's, that's false doctrine. There is capacity and potential in so many people that just needs to be unlocked. Absolutely love that. Uh, Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Clark Gilbert, president of BYU Pathway Worldwide, one of the great strategic thinkers and one of the great innovators uh, in the world today. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Thanks so much, Boyd.